you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why? You know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. There are plenty of blokes doing it tough in the footy bubble this week. And if you're doing it tough and need a quiet place for a reflection or just to plan your next move out, the Yorkshire Hotel is your place to go. Go sit by the fireplace, order yourself a hearty meal and a glass of stout, and perhaps it's just to stew on what the season was and what the next season might be. There's not many guarantees in life. There are certainly none in footy, but the Stingo on the corner of Langley Street and Punt Road is guaranteed to always look after you. Now, now, one bloke who's not doing it tough at the moment is the Ammo Supercoach prepping for finals and the punting profit locked in a top-of-the-table battle for footy tip supremacy. Big Baz, how are you travelling at this very important time of year? I'm good, mate. Travelling well. Relaxed. It's always good to be relaxed this time of year, not getting too stressed out. Yeah. Enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm good. Got cricket starting, got footy finals, it's all uh, all coming up good at the moment. So, that's good. so you say not very stressed, you're just taking it relaxed. I know that's your coaching talk there. Obviously, I think you've got the coach stuff under control. However, are you in your head yet about the tips? Um, I've been thinking about it a lot the last few days with the, with the tipping. And uh, it's funny, I said I'm relaxed, but the, if any of the boys heard that, they'd probably uh, have a good old chuckle. But um, yeah, no, I've been thinking a lot about the tipping this week. I probably... Almost overthinking it, which is a bit of a danger. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could take the safe option and tip all the favourites. Like I know someone out, one of the, the boys who I'm equal with has, and we can might finish even, or someone might catch us because a few blokes behind us on one tip, or I can take a risk or two and back me gut in, my famous gut. So it's been doing well for me the last five or six weeks. But uh, yeah, we'll see how we go this week. You used to call me on my cell phone. Day night when you need me. Well, before we get to the tips and the previews, is there anything you need to get off your chest? Baz and the blower. Um, well, it was only two days ago. We're doing this on a Tuesday today, and uh, on Sunday, I, got, I was privileged enough to watch um, a great man, a great bloke um, in uh, Roughhead yes. finish his career. He's announced it tonight that he's not playing again, uh, and kick six goals, and just how the crowd got around him, the players got around him, and Geez, if even if that happened at local level with your own club, like how how well loved he is as a person in the whole AFL community and as a supporter, as a neutral myself, you know, he he's a great man. It's just it's just great to see that sort of thing. You don't see it very often in footy when players have a send off or a final game, or whatever. But for what he's given to footy and to people around him, and it's obviously seen through mm. the respect that people gave him. It's just great to see and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's one of the good stories in footy, and there's not many. You know, generally AFL media like to look for the bad, the sackings, you know, under pressure, the trade news. Where I think a lot more, you know, I've probably spoken a few, a few times. But a lot more media should go out and find out why Roughhead is so well liked, and if I mean if he's open to it, I suppose be yeah. happy to tell some stories because you know there's there's plenty of AFL footballers out there and. I, I learned of one the other week, which I won't delve into because it's it's personal. But like football, a lot of footballers do so much good things at at every level, and for kids and you know, family, friends, and stuff like that, and fellow players, it just never gets reported on. Yeah. 
and that's something that probably the AFL media should be looking to to write about and show how good these people are because they are full-time uh, AFL footballers, yes. They cop a lot of scrutiny, cop a lot of flack on social media if they stuff up for one week, but they are humans, mm. and most of them, 99% of them are good humans. So I, I like the rough hair thing. It was very, very good. Nice. Very, very nice to hear, and always nice to hear Baz in a positive mindset. All right, we'll head to Coach's Corner. It's uh, got a negative origin, but we're going to get more of an analytical and potentially positive angle on it. So, obviously, we heard today that Ross Lyon got the flick from Fremantle after a career that saw him with the Dockers take him to a 2012 semi-final, a 2013 grand final, a 2014 semi-final, and a 2015 minor premiership and prelim final before undertaking a rebuild and now being in a position to challenge for finals next year, in my opinion. So my question for you in Coach's Corner today is, what is a good year? Because I think clubs often forget where they're at. Like Fremantle, yeah, they had a couple of bad years, but also they had to get rid of a lot of older players and try to rebuild their list on the run. And they've had, they've had injuries this year. And, and they've had a lot of injuries this year. And they're in a position where they only just missed out on the finals. And they've beaten most of the top eight. I think they've got a better record than any... Than, mm. They sit in third in the top eight. Versus the top eight table. Yeah. So that shows how good they're getting being against the top teams. Against the, the lower teams have had their off days and they're missing some big players down back. Mm. And you've seen it last two, three weeks where it's just their disposal coming out the back line and even going into their four line has been diabolical. Yeah. Uh, and the stats proved that again last week against Essendon where Essendon's game plan came off because Fremantle just gifted it to them across half mm. back and they were able to transition and I think if you look, if you there's another agenda at Fremantle at the moment. Hundred percent, I think yeah. He didn't get he didn't get sacked because of the the performance or the the list stand the list state or anything like that. Maybe it's a little bit of game style. Maybe it's a lot of a lot about personality, a lot about public perception. Yeah. But I think yeah. The question in general, not so much about Ross Lyon, because I think he kind of acknowledged it. He was going to be gone anyway. Probably they didn't want him there, so he wasn't going to stay. But more like if everything about the footy media is basically. Negative. You, it's negative, and because only one team can win. Yeah. So therefore, every other team sucks, and their coaches suck, and their game style sucks. Yep. And but that's just not true. Like Collingwood last year had a good year. Had a good year. Yeah. You lost a grand final by a kick. Yeah. They, they cannot be described as anything else other than a. And good I reckon. Year. I reckon this year, as much as there's probably there's been a lot of negativity. I reckon we've had a good... Given the injuries and everything mm. like that, we've had a good year this year. Yeah, so what is a good year is my question for fans that won't get it because, yeah, the only guarantee... Well, the almost guarantee in football is that you'll end your season on a loss if you make finals. To be fair, I think Essendon have had a good year. Yeah. They've... I reckon a lot of people overrate their list. Yeah. And I've had a... Been on this podcast for two years studying this. Um, and they've had a lot of injuries recently as well. But they're still going to play finals. Mm. So that's a good year for Woosh. Yeah. Uh, Bucks still in there. Uh, Brisbane's had a fantastic year. Are the teams who have not making the eight, I reckon you'd look at Carlton and go, yep, good Great year. year. Yep. North, compared to where everyone had them at the start of the year, good year. I reckon since Rutten's been in charge, I reckon even before that, if you said that St Kilda have as many wins they did this year, after last year they had five, I reckon you'd say that's a good year. Um, Gold Coast... Now, looking at what they've had, and you know, most of the defeats have been pretty close. I've had a few games. Yes, they've been thumped a few times, but at least on the weekend, like they, they rocked up to play Hawthorne, and they rocked up to they played a, 
attacking style of footy. They wanted to score. Yes, they didn't score as much, and you know they're still way behind their development. Yeah. But you can almost say they've had a good year. No, you can't say Gold Coast had a good year. You've gone too, you've gone too heavy there on the on the no, happy, on look, the happy look, pills. Look at where they're at. They're, they're last by a long way. Yeah, but look at the list and look at all, oh, yeah, all know, the problems yeah, yeah. they had. But you still can't say they've had a... Like, that's where People you can't... said they weren't going to win a game this year. Yeah, and they, and they won a couple. And they've won, what, five? Four? Three. Melbourne's won five. Melbourne's won five. Well, see, that's a bad year. That's a very bad year. Adelaide's had a bad year. So, yeah. So, I think the point there is that... They've won three, so... Yeah, people need to... People need to go. Where did I? Where did this team start, and where did it finish? And not making finals isn't necessarily the sign of a bad year. And so there are obviously club perspectives, and fans aren't always going to be rational. And so if you're an Essendon, for instance, if they didn't make finals this year, that's that's a terrible year. That's a burn the place down year. If they don't win the first week, potentially it's still picket fences, like picketing at the fences for those. Yeah, but I still reckon fans. they've had a good year making the finals. Oh, 100. I reckon seriously, out of 18 teams, there's probably three. Possibly four, you could say, have had bad years. Yeah, genuine, genuinely proper bad years. So, so is Melbourne, Melbourne yep. Adelaide, yep. Port, and GWS. Yep. And at Port, you'd probably almost, again, be a little bit forgiven, given the... New youth brought in from last they, yeah, year. They, they kind of went through a quick yep. rebuild. They're going to do it again probably this year. Uh, they had a few injuries, like key players like Dixon and um, uh, Hartlett, stuff like that. But, yeah, even like Sydney, they've had a good year. you got to look at... They've had the youngest... Team most weeks in the AFL. Uh, GWS have gone backwards. Every the other teams had a good year. Yeah. If doggies don't make the eight, they're probably they're probably one you can borderline. Hmm. Um, Hawthorne have had a great year. Look at their list. Crazy good year. Um, so yeah, I think people just need to understand where teams are at. Yeah. And but it's just hard. I mean, for me as well. Like I know I do it as well. It's hard because you just you you're so passionate about your team. Hmm. You kind of take have the blinkers on. But when you t- have the blinkers off and look at the year in, in a full you know the light of day and go well, actually we've done alrighty and we've had maybe you've had turmoil as well like there's been players doing stupid shit like Stefferson or you know you've had a death amongst like you don't know about players have had deaths mm. amongst their family or personal issues going on so it might affect the rest of the playing group because they're really close with him or whatever so yeah I think people just need to have a bit more perspective perspective yeah. on things and but, you know, obviously with the Ross Lyon thing, there's definitely an agenda there at Fremantle. Peter Bell has definitely uh, put his foot in and his two mates that are on the board as well, and Peter Mann and I can't remember the other player there, ex- ex-player. Uh, they're, they're definitely looking to shake things up and it's quite a bold move by uh, Peter Bell. And even, you know, um, Matthew Pavlich has said the same thing tonight on 360 that it's a big, big move. It's not really precedent, this sort of thing. And he's they've obviously got their ideas and... I tell you what, it'll want to come off because otherwise they could quickly become a basket case. Because mm. I think, I know most of the players were pretty happy. We're hearing you know hearing what we're hearing. The the players were pretty happy with Ross. There's a few that weren't happy, but you're gonna get that at every club that yeah. don't love the coach. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they come out this week as well. Um, you know, there's rumours about who's gonna come in and take over, but it's it's an interesting weekend because you've got Ken Hinckley's come now made it public that. He needs to make finals to keep his contract. Well, that's not entirely true. So what he's trying yeah, to explain yeah, to ne- people... This year and next year yeah. for him to get his 2021 yeah, deal. Yeah. But now he's made it public and now he's kind of put it back on the players as well because if they don't turn up for him on Sunday mm. and don't play and win and they brought, brought what they brought last weekend, well, then he is in the, the gun. Yeah. I'm sorry, but he is 
see you later, Hinkley, because he's now put on the table of like, look, we need to make finals. I'm doing the best I can do, but I need the players to respond. And I've never seen a coach in recent years, uh, given the way that coaching's evolved in, in the last probably five or six years, uh, even maybe a bit longer, actively go out and spray players as much as what Hinkley has this year. So you got Ollie Wines has copped it, copped it in the other night. You got the Ruckman that have copped it numerous times. So Ryder, Lysette, and, and the other Ruckman they had. Um, you know, he's, he's gone out there and, and sprayed players individually on camera in front of people mm. numerous times. It happened in netball the other week with uh, Australian netball and the Collingwood team where the, uh, the, uh, the coach was actually filmed and recorded abusing a player and it made the news and it was big things. But it's funny how if it's a, a male sportsman mm. and getting a yell at by a male, it's, it's okay. Um, but still, it's different because I, I don't think many players feel that anymore. Like I, I don't. I mean, I, I try not to. Mm. I might do it occasionally, where I, but I won't fully yell at them. I might speak sternly. But well, it's interesting. I went and saw the Collingwood documentary from the inside out at Myth this week, and Bucks talked about that. So Bucks was very much a fire and brimstone. Like, how dare you make a mistake? What are you doing? Are you trying hard enough? More, yeah. more, more. Like, yeah. aggro style up until last season. And then he said, like, he realised, oh, the people have changed, society's changed, and therefore yeah. football's changed. Yeah. And so me walking up to someone and making them feel like they're nothing and making them feel like they're terrible and worthless doesn't actually empower them to not make mistakes in the future. It actually makes them make more mistakes. Yeah, well, you saw... So he just saw, decided not to, and that was part of the progression of last year for Collingwood. You saw Ryder. He sprayed yeah. Ryder in the next, very next play in the next two minutes. Goldstein took out the ruck, kicked the goal, and mm-hmm. Ryder like, just was nowhere. Yeah. Like, he failed and was out of the contest. I, I know I can be a bit passionate and a bit on full on on game day. Like I'm just because I'm involved. I'm that sort of person. You know me pretty mm-hmm. well. And I made a bet with the boys... Uh, for the last two weeks of the season that every time I yell I've got to do a lap at training uh, so one yell is one lap yep. on a Wednesday night and we got our game taped um, last week and I probably would have been up for possibly 15 to 20 laps during that game it was quite frustrating with the umpire and everything like that and I do get carried away a bit uh, I do probably look like a bit of a psycho but anyway that's by the by that's by the by but on the weekend I was very, very conscious of it. And a few times I went to say something and I thought about lap, lap, stop, think. Yeah. And I'd throw my hands up or... And a couple of times I did yell and I had one of the boys counting. I got up to four laps. That's, that's not bad for you, though. Yeah, that's pretty good. So it's a bit, a bit of banter, a bit of yeah. fun, you know. And it's, it helps me as well because I need to calm down a bit more. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I, you can't be abusing players like that. No. I don't think it works. And I, I, like... It hasn't clearly for this year for him, and it hasn't. They haven't responded. Well, they've been the least consistent team all year, and I think that's the re- that flight or fight response is so inconsistent. You're like, and if it works one day, does it work the next? Because then again, as you said, we don't know what's going on with these players. We don't know. Like, it's totally fine if you have this very tight connection with a player as a coach, and you just know that. Like, if I just grilled Jeff, yeah, Jeff looks me in the eye and goes, "I love this. Thank you very much for this, sir. I yeah. love the brimstone." But if you're just doing it because that's because what you do and not what the player needs, yeah. then that's a very different dynamic. Yeah, they're gonna go yeah. off. Of Baz has been a like yeah, a, a knob, like yeah. Or I don't need this, and they've got all this other all this other brain noise going on, or this other stuff happening in the background, and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm copying this as well." It's like that. It's like it becomes a tough day at work as opposed to motivation well, at footy. One of the best bits of advice I've gotten, and it's it's hard to do sometimes, and I do try and think about it 
and probably going to the finals, I'll definitely be very, very conscious of it, is the more you're relaxed and the more you seem relaxed to the group, it portrays that. If you're tense and aggro mm. and it comes across the group and they, they feel that tension as well. So if you're more relaxed and, you know, a bit more enjoyable with it, you know, obviously you have to be firm, but it, if your persona is still like, I'm calm, yeah. that will be calmer and, and accept yeah. it. If you're, you know, coming across on, as, edge, and on anxious, edge and stuff, yeah. anxious, then it's going to flow onto the planet, much like it does with animals. If you show yeah. you show that you're scared to an animal, they're going to, they know it. Yeah. If you show you're confident and calm and stuff, they also know it and they, they respond to that. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, that's... Just interesting to sort I saw it with Hinkley because, you know, Ollie Wines has been out. He, like, he couldn't get back in the team even when mm. he was fit. He was playing and he's the captain of the club. So you just got to wonder what's going on there. And it's going to be interesting. <laughs> two teams on when we get to the, to the preview. Two teams that are in limbo have lots of backroom, board fighting, that sort of stuff going on. That what what What's going to happen on Sunday? And it's the last game of the round. It could be a dead rubber. It could be a live game. So who knows? Oh, it won't be dead rubber for one bloke, and that's you. Because yeah, you'll have a tip on the line. It could be a tip that goes either way. Before we preview the last round of the year, my final question is, with all the, so- the coach sackings, and I know it's like a bit of a domino effect, so Brad Scott went, and then it was like, okay, this, this is obviously going to be the year. It's going to be the year we're going to have mass changes. Is there a concern that clubs will start going down the Premier League US sports approach of... You've got two years to win me a flag, otherwise I'm going to chop you. I think the so my opinion is, and I, it's not founded or it's just my literally my opinion. Yeah. With the soft cap, coaches will only get two or three years unless they're a Alistair Clarkson or a Longmire or someone like that because the money that they spend on these coaches that could be on anywhere between two hundred, five hundred, a mil a year. Yeah goes under a, they've got a, a soft cap or a, a, a department spending yeah budget. it's a salary cap yeah, pretty much yeah, for coaching yeah and if they go over that they've got to pay a tax to AFL some of the clubs can't afford that mm. so if you suck a coach for instance you know um, North Melbourne with, with Scott he got he got sacked or left he still owed 800,000 mm-hmm. that goes under their soft cap next year so you know if they had gone and got uh, Longmire on a on whatever it was, four years, uh, was it 1.2 over four years? Yeah. The That would have been back-ended because the first year, they wouldn't have been able to afford that money because they would have had to pay so much tax and they're a club that can't afford it. Freo is another one. Well, yeah, they have to pay, apparently, the numbers are around about $600,000 for line next year yeah. plus pay a coach on top of that. Yeah, so, so that, again, the, the coach that might come in might only be on 200000 for the first year. And it's that's the problem that clubs like Adelaide and... and what Adelaide and Melbourne all face now is they go, oh, we've got still a year or two left on this guy's contract. But if we want to go get Lyon, he wants 800 minimum probably. Mm. But we've got to pay this guy 400. We go over our cap. So do we sacrifice an assistant? Do we sacrifice something else from our football department so we can get him in? That's So I reckon um, when Carlton signed Bolton onto that rolling contract, they're probably onto something there with the soft cap. But the problem is... Soon as a team starts, or doesn't win for three or four weeks, mm. it's always their job safe. Yeah. Instead of, hang on, let's look, let's break this down as to why they're not winning. What can they do now? Pike's a bit different. He hasn't tried try to change anything. It's all been the same sort of stuff. And you know, Hinkley, you can excuse because he's got a different list, and you know, he's doing a bit of a changeover, a bit of a mini rebuild. Um, so all those sorts of things you got to take into account. But on your club success thing, well. 
does a club now take a risk? They see Scott and Line out there, so you're an Adelaide or a, you know a St Kilda who's got Ratten there, and the players love him, and the players want him, or even a Carlton they've already signed Teague. You go, well, hang on a minute, Line's available. Let's get Line in. And that, does that, you know, you've already seen supporters of both Carlton and St Kilda say they want Line as coach. The players don't want him in there. So does it have that Mick Malthouse effect? Like everyone loves Line. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. they love Teague. They want Teague. So. Um, yeah, I can see clubs, you know, having that, that short short contract term, so two to three years for that soft cap, which then means the media will constantly be up up and about. Co- coaches will be under pressure more. It's just a it's just a big cycle. So yeah, I, I think clubs won't risk it signing coaches to long term deals, yeah. which is fine. A very strange thing because if you're outside the eight, you are not winning a premiership, most likely. In the next three years, unless you're Brisbane, and like so, you have to be you have to be a club that's on the precipice. Well, so, so two... like this year, it's Carlton and Sydney. We've discussed it a couple, I, 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 couple yeah, of times. Yeah, I reckon Carlton City. Is... They're the two teams outside, well outside the eight that could make a massive leap. The rest, St Kilda, like Rats won't win a St Kilda won't win a flag in the next three years, in no, my opinion. No. North won't win a flag in the next no three chance. years, in my opinion. Adelaide won't win a flag no in the next three chance. years. Port is close. They're, they're close to the eights. So they might. They're, they're closer. Yeah. But so then, so they've got these clubs, like Melbourne are nowhere near it. No. So you've got four, four clubs that either have a new coach, are thinking about getting a new coach. If they offer them a three-year contract, they'll only just be able to like rejig their list enough to even compete for finals. Yeah. And then be like, oh, well, use the female excuse. Well, you haven't produced the finals in three, four years. See you later. It, does, it seems set up to fail, especially in a competition that has so many moving parts. Like you have a list of 40 to get that where you need, where you can only draft in, what, eight a year plus a couple of trades, yeah. you can only change over a quarter of your list a year. That's four years until you get the list you want. Well, that's like, so you, you, uh, Fremantle, for instance, with Ross mm. Lyon, so he's had the rebuild now, he's starting to get the team he wanted, still says it's weak, but then all of a sudden all these players want to leave. Now, they want to leave because they knew that Lyon wasn't going to get renewed and they're like, well, we want some stability or we want to go back to Melbourne or... Why are these players wanting mm. to leave? So it's the same thing with you know Brisbane when they went through that with Voss, um, and yeah, you know, it's happened a lot with other clubs. GWS, for instance, he can't get a settled team for a sustained period of time, and, and to go with that injuries at Cameron, because mm. every time, every year or two, another club comes and offers a gun player of his good money, playing for a big crowd, good culture, which GWS don't have. Yeah. and I mean he's trying hard to build that, obviously, but. It's also a bit unfair on him. So that's the football department and list manager not doing their job properly, really. Um, so, yeah, but it all comes back to the coach. Yeah. So, yeah, I, if I was a player and I knew, my, I knew I was getting drafted and my coach only had one year left, I'd obviously still, as a professional, try and give my best. But then I'd want to be... Why would I bother building a relationship with a bloke that might only be there yeah. Into the end of the season, then I've got to start again. Mm. Like, I wouldn't. It's tough. Yeah. Monday's experts always know what's best, always tell you what you should have done. Monday's experts always know what's cooking, how the game was lost, and how it could have been. What also will be tough this week is picking nine in round 23. Let's kick off our preview with our, for the last time this season, our punter's parable. The only battlers left for Gold Coast, and they are battling. They tried hard last week. They went down by 70. 
maybe they jag one against the uh, against the GWS Giants. Who knows? We'll get to that in a moment. But they are battling. The Untouchables are the sides that are in uh, the furnace, per se. Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Essendon, Fremantle, and Adelaide. Yes, Essendon fans, I haven't let you off the hook. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. You are still untouchable. Port and Fremantle were disgusting last week. And that's why they are untouchable. And they are playing each other, and you have to pick one of them. This oh, week. no, it's You have hard. to pick one of them. Oh, no, good oh, luck no. with that. The Dow, but Dependables are the good news stories of those outside the eight. So Sydney, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Carlton, and St Kilda. And that Carlton and St Kilda game was sneaky good. It was good, yeah. And we won some money, so it was good. Booyah! In the bubble, big bubble warning. So I got told off for buying into the doggies last week. They did a ma- massive number on the Giants. Yep. However, in the in the words of uh, Paul Ruse, it was just the Giants, in inverted commas, which shows how well they're going. They're still in the bubble for mine. This week is a sneaky danger game for them because this is one that they would usually drop. Is, yeah, it is. The one they, A, they would usually drop, and B... One they need to win. One they need to win, which is always, always a bit of a worry. I still am not sold on them, and I'm not in the bubble. I reckon they'll be out first week of finals, but yep. I'm, I reckon the teams that are in the... The mix, they're the ones to make the eight. Now, myth busted. The Giants can't win the flag no, this year, I don't think. See you later. Now, Geelong, and we laughed last week because Geelong were back. They were back. Apparently. They were back because they kept Didn't North they? Melbourne, the slow-scoring North Melbourne on their own home turf in terrible conditions to their lowest score ever, and then they got done by the Lions in a way where that team shouldn't get done. They had control of that game. They were up pretty much three and a half goals. Yeah. With- Ten minutes to go, less maybe a bit less, and they choked. They did, they did, and uh, myth busted, Baz. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about them in the Geelong Carlton preview. Yeah, and the Bank Bankers, I'm sticking fat with the West Coast Eagles. That was a great game. That was a grand final worthy game. In fact, if you look at the scoreline and the trends, it was exactly the same as last year's grand final, just with two different teams playing. Yeah, it was uh, West Coast got the jump, and yeah. then Richmond e their way back, back in, and, and then it became a, a dogfight, and then there was a moment at the end of the game which won one of the teams the win, but both of those teams are very good teams, and they'll go very deep in September. And, of course, Brisbane, uh, who I think we'll find out a lot about Brisbane this week when they play the Tigs at the MCG. Yep. But let's get into the tips. Upset alerts, I have five, and it starts Friday night. Collingwood, $1.37. Essendon, $3.02. Outsiders at the MCG. Plenty to play for. Three goal line, one fifty-five. The over under. Now, you were very nervous about Collingwood. Then you were just completely pessimistic, and you lost all your brain, and all your sense. Now you've got a couple of wins under your belt. A big win against Adelaide, which probably doesn't mean much for you. Yep. How are you feeling coming into this week? We smashed Adelaide. Um, it was a good win. We still butchered the footy a bit, but we're moving the ball a lot quicker, and we play an Essendon team. But I'm sorry. I don't know how they won last week. I watched the game. They won it because Fremantle were bad. They won it because Fremantle can't kick. So Fremantle were going about 67%. Uh, the clangers were pretty even. The turnovers were horribly one way towards Fremantle. They lost contested possession by more than 50. They lost uncontested possession by 40. They Every other, every other stat, they lost clearances by 14. The only thing they did better was tackle. Freeman had tackled more inside 50. Freeman had more inside 50s by 11. They just couldn't score. And, I mean, they kicked, Essen kicked 13-9 and Freeman kicked 7-13 as well. So you can flip that round and, you know, 
I, I sat there watching the game because I tipped Fremantle. Could not believe it. I was doing my absolute head in because on the other TV, you watch the first quarter and North already had won the game. Yeah. So I'd already given up on Port, but watching it was so diabolical. And then all the Essendon fans were up and about, and I just sat, I, I sit there watching going, people are going to get fooled here by Essendon. Collingwood should win this game Friday night. Yeah. It's, we have a top four spot in the line. Well, Essendon and Adelaide are the same level of team for mine. Yeah, definitely. And so if you go if you go to Adelaide and beat Adelaide by seventy, you should you should uh, have a mad a mad old dip at, at the Bombers on Friday night. Well, yeah, I, I'd really be I'd be really 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 disappointed if we did beat Essendon on Friday night. And you know what, we probably won't beat Essendon because I've been a bit lippy towards a few Essendon p- p- people over yeah. the last few weeks because I just reckon that they're not quite there. Surely with Darcy Moore back. We should beat these blokes and then have a chance going into Sunday of being in the top four. Hundred percent. I I have Collingwood to cover. Like they should cover, and I think Collingwood are are backish. They're backish. They 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 are. If this was the Tour de France, you're not in the breakaway, but you've got, you've left the peloton and you're trying to catch up to the to the front group. Yep. And you'll do that. You'll do that with a good win over the Dormers, and you should do that on the weekend. So I'm with you, Baz. Tipping Collingwood, I reckon they'll go to cover as well. And Essendon aren't that good. They aren't that good. They rank in the bottom four for so many stats, it's not funny. And and the important ones in terms of inside 50 efficiency, ability to retain possession of the football. They can't play any of the styles of football. So, like, West Coast play the tempo footy, the same with Geelong. They can't do that. They can't retain possession. They can't win it in their front half like Richmond do. And they can't mark it inside 50 like Western Bulldogs do. Yep. So they're not very effective. They win against poor teams. They lose against the good ones. Collingwood's a good team. And they'll beat the Bombers on Friday night. So they won 45. Sydney are $1.43 favourites against St Kilda. $2.75 outsiders at the MCG. The line here is 14 and a half. The over-unders, 162. I was thinking to myself, that line looks a bit skew if. And then I realised, basically half of Sydney's retiring on the weekend and Buddy's playing his 300th. Yeah, so, so they win. So, yeah. If, if Buddy wasn't playing, I'd probably be tipping St Kilda. But the fact Buddy's playing his 300th, I believe in good fairy tale stories. And the fact that half of Sydney's retiring. Yeah. Um, and good players as well, like strong players from that yeah. club, good leaders that the boys will get up for them. Yeah, they, leaders, premiership winners, best they, and fairest. They were really good last week against. I know I only played Melbourne. I know I'm sorry, but they were really good against yeah. Melbourne. And I reckon, while St Kilda have been pretty good the last few weeks and shown a bit more than what they did under Richardson, and um, you know Sam Rose playing his hundredth game, he's coming back in. So somehow, I, I, the bloke was playing at Doncaster, you know. About two or three weeks before the season started, it was taking this. I had a few injury problems. Obviously, he had the uh, post AFL bod, so he had to get his fitness right. But going for coming back and playing his hundredth game in the last round of the year, but I just cannot see how the Swans won't get up and about for for this event in Sydney as well. Yeah, and uh, I'll be. I'll tell you what, I'll be watching Sydney throughout the off season. So they've lost four, five good, really good players through retiring. Um, Obviously, Buddy's only probably got a, I think he's got two years left on his deal. They've got some good academy players coming through. They can get some good draft picks this year. Obviously, finishing low down the ladder. I wouldn't be surprised if they just uh, wrangle a big fish from somewhere. 
Yeah, definitely. That's what, and they do it well. They do it regularly. They, got, and they, do, they do it, it well. well. Yeah. And and why we want to go play for Sydney? Plenty of upsides they've shown this year. That's the tip for mine. It's more about emotion than it is about stats. And uh, with two teams that have quote nothing to play for, uh, Sydney has something to play for by giving their their legends a big send off. All right, we're getting into our important games now. Eight ten on Saturday, West Coast a dollar twenty three favourites against Hawthorne. Four dollar and five cents outsiders at Optus Stadium. The line here is four goals. The over under one sixty. Everyone listening to me right now is like, how is this an upset alert? Well, Clarkson is the coach of the Hawthorne Hawks, yep. and uh, every time he coaches, he usually has a pretty good plan. And uh, if there's anyone that can knock off the Hawks for a spot in the finals, it's probably Clarko. I'm going to give you a reason why the Hawks won't get up and beat West Coast. Okay. First of all, West Coast lose, they could miss the top four. Yeah. Well, if they lose, they will miss the top four. Yeah, because uh, their percentage isn't as good as Collingwood, and if Richmond win, then they, they finish fifth. Yes. Which would be just... Astonishing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Hawthorne got themselves up for last week. Big emotional week. Got themselves up against the Gold Coast Suns. No, though. no, but it was a big emotional day for the club. Everyone yeah, was yeah. up and about. It was a big week. All the for legends the club. came back. Yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And you know my thoughts on big emotional like, weeks, big things like that, and what happens the second week. Generally, there's a big drop off. Uh, Roughheads announced his retirement. He won't be playing this weekend. He announced it tonight, I believe. Well, that's what they went with on 360 anyway. Um, so, obviously, Mitchell Lewis might come back in, but if he doesn't, then there's a pretty big hole in their forward line. Uh, I just think that West Coast will do an absolute number on them. I know West Coast probably won't go 100%, but they probably have to, because like I said, they need to win. They need to win well just to finish second. Mm. Because if for some reason Richmond do a number on... Um, Brizzy or Brizzy. Brisbane or... Mm. Yeah, and they want to be able to try and catch Geelong, because Geelong will probably win as well, so... And Brisbane Lions, if they lose, then they might drop back. And so that's so West Coast will need to, you know, have a really big game against. How Hawthorne. much does last week take out of West Coast though? They played in a grand final like game. Yeah, I, I, look, I think West Coast are pretty mature, pretty seasoned side. It might take a little bit out of them, but I think they'll do what they need to do. And even if they do rest a few blokes and have some players come back in, they've got some good depth there. Yeah, uh, the, the, like some players we've seen this year that are missing out at the moment are pretty stiff. You know, so. You got Cameron, and there's another um, backman down there. Just name escapes me, but you got a couple of good players that are missing out at the moment that could just come straight back in and do a job. So um, I'm tipping them to cover that line, and I reckon they'll win. Whether we have a bet or not, I'm not sure, but West Coast definitely to win. I reckon. Yeah, definitely tipping West Coast. But as I've always said all year, if there's one coach that I want to tip against, it's uh, it's Clarko. The big one. Sunday, three twenty. Richmond are a dollar forty-three favourites against Brisbane, who are two dollar seventy outsiders at the MCG. The line here fourteen points. The over/under a very low scoring for a Brisbane game, one fifty-eight. Now, Brisbane were the darlings all year. Everyone's favourite team to watch. That's so exciting, so fast-flowing, great footy, great stories. What a great turnaround from last season. Oh, how good's Fagan? Oh, how good's Hodge? How good's Charlie Cameron? Why aren't they closer to 50-50 odds then against a Richmond side that isn't even in the top two? Because it's Richmond at the MCG and Richmond always been at the MCG. Uh, and after last week, I think people have definitely bought into Richmond, which I don't blame them. Yeah, great, they've great had a great, great game of footy. Uh, Brisbane just knocked off uh, Geelong. They weren't the best Brisbane, but uh, you know Geelong went, did a lot of things well to quell them, but in the end, they got over the line just from 
just some pure class. So for me, I, Fagan and Hodge surely have done their homework and know that they've done their homework here. They're going to like have to play almost the old-fashioned one-on-one. Mm. They have to man up spares, not allow spares at either end. I reckon Brisbane have some really good matchups for for Richmond with um, with Marcus Adams and uh, Harris Andrews. I think Adams is a really big in for them if he stays fit. Like he just adds a lot to their back line already. Uh, going forward, so Richmond got outscored uh, from stoppages. I think uh, West Coast scored 36 or 40 points from stoppages on the weekend, which is... Um, concerning. Concerning, especially with Brisbane, because they got some really smart forwards as well. Really good ruckman in Martin. Like, I'd have Martin over Hickey every day of the week. Does Nank, Nank come back? Even so, you know, he's still injury-prone, hasn't played much well, AFL football. If there's, if there's a team that legitimately could go like the Western Bulldogs style, it's Richmond. So they've only scored 11% from uh, their hit house advantage around the ground this year. They're ranked second last in the competition yep. for that stat. Yep. So they don't like they don't it's not that they don't need a ruckman, like everyone needs a ruckman, but they don't they don't utilise that. So they do get outscored from clearance and they do get they do get dominated in the ruck. People will say that's overrated. I think it's only overrated if you can quell that with, you know, secondary stoppage pressure, etc. But Brisbane are elite at all clearance factors, both inner circle and outer circle. So if they if Stefan had an absolute field day and he's mobile as well, yep. so it's not like it's not like you're playing against a Max Gorn who can you can exploit somewhere else. You're playing against a a, a really good ruckman that's more in your Brody Grundy category. So. And, and they apply a lot of pressure, which um, generally is what the sort of shortfall mm. to Richmond's frontal handball. Uh, so if they can apply lots of pressure and, and force you to turn the ball over, you can get Richmond going the other way. So that's the other reason why I reckon that. They then they try and play more one on one, or they'll try and man up your spare, and whether whether Richmond rolls another one back, and that allows you to play with an extra winger or an extra player at the mid, at the stoppage, which you know would probably be someone like a McCluggage or a Rich or a Bailey, which you know get the ball in their hands and watch them absolutely hit a target because they're good decision makers, they're good kicks. Um, so that it's something that would be interesting to see. Because we saw with with West Coast in that first quarter, and they were able to use the ball well and, and, and effectively and, and switch and that sort of stuff and spread your defence, spread that zone and hit up a four. They, they looked quite dangerous. And it, and I think they scored a couple of times from stoppages as well in that first quarter from boundary throw-ins in the fourth 50. So Hipwood's the X factor for me. I think I know he probably hasn't had a big game for a while and he's, he's the sort of player that would, in this sort of game would bob up and and, kick, and he's, I reckon he's too mobile for Ashbury because he's a really mobile sort of player. Mm. doesn't take your big contested marks. He's almost a bit like a buddy in the way he goes about things. You've got Cameron and McCarthy and those sorts of blokes. Um, I'm actually leaning towards Brisbane here. Yeah. I, My I, big question for them is can they... Sustain. Can they sustain their performance because they've been up for a long time now, and B, when put under the pump, because Richmond will put them under the pump at some stage on Sunday, can, can they be mature enough to take the right option going forward? Because we've seen the games where they get challenged, it becomes, let's just go 100 at it forward, and they yep. start bombing. And as soon as you start bombing, then then the goalkeeper comes into effect well, for Richmond. So that's what they did in the first half against Geelong. They bombed long down the line. Then they played on 30% more in the second half, and... and kept going, made it a quicker game. Their ground ball, all that sort of stuff, mm. up massively in the second half. And they were able to fight their way back in it. You know, Richmond have had a tendency of flogging Brisbane lately as well. And I reckon there might be something in that for a bit of momentum. They did celebrate really, really hard 
after betting Geelong last week as well, Brisbane, and so did Richmond, to be fair. Yeah. Um, it's just because those sorts of slog games, I think it just it gave Brisbane that belief. Yeah. Um, and I reckon that that's something that they want to come for. They want to perform at the MCG. They haven't done it this year. They haven't done it against Richmond. I think they're just going to get themselves up. And how much does last week take out of Richmond? Like That was a big, big game. You know, obviously, they still need to win to make the top four. So there's a lot to play for for both teams. But going in the upsets, this was one of the games that I thought that the, if Brisbane are prepared well and, and, and tactically smart and their players can bring that effort without all that pressure, because they're a very, very good pressure team and they're ranked like second or third in the AFL. They're ranked second. They have a, yeah, well above average for their pressure. So. Uh, and, and they can be smart with their boys, which has probably been their knock on them, mm. especially last year and in early this year was their ball use going forward. If they can be smarter with that, then I reckon they're a big show. Yeah, 100%. And $2.78 is is well overs, in my opinion. This this will be closer to a two ten, one one seventy type game, in my opinion. Yeah. I'll probably still tip Richmond at Richmond at the G, but uh, if you're hunting for an upset tip to win your tipping competition, Brisbane could be your roll of the dice. Last of my upset alerts is an absolute doozy of a game. Sunday, 4.40. The last of the home and away season. Port Adelaide are a $1.37 favourites, Baz, against Fremantle, who are $3.02 outsiders, and they are playing at the Adelaide Oval. The line here is three goals over under 154. And we have just two of the most frustrating punting teams that we have ever seen since the uh, creation of the Melbourne Demons. Like, this is an absolute doozy. I, I see, like, watching Port last week, I just don't... If they bring that effort again, Freeman will win. Yeah. But you don't know what, what's going to happen. You don't. Because they could be playing for a final spot. Mm. But if they don't play for a final spot... They, what they, level they, they turn up? I don't even know if they'll rock up. could be Freeman are playing an intra-club match. Yeah. Um, look, that, they... they had the lowest ever um, tackle rating for like attempted tackles and tackles laid. Mm. It was like 40% of tackles, something stuck. Their pressure rating was like diabolical during the game. They allowed Brown to kick 10 goals and people were like, how they allow it? Well, because North Melbourne midfield was pretty much allowed to walk. They, they could walk the ball from the back line through and not have any pressure or anything. It just... It was literally like Port Port Adelaide were, were wearing fluoro orange. They were training cones. Yeah. Last week it was absolutely disgusting watching that game, and you just hope that you know they're going to bounce back. But then you hear what Hinkley has to say, and you hear about how senior players are having to take pretty much no money this year and get back into next year because they're going broke. Mm. They can't afford to pay players, so that that shows how bad it's going. And they're like they're at the you know at the lower end of their total player payments as well, so they're they're not going that well. Um, and so does that affect the players as well? And like I said, we've seen the sprays. Obviously, Lysette will have to come in this week because there's no chance Riders playing, and I don't reckon there's much of a chance the other Ruckman's playing. Um, yeah, to me, interesting selection table. As I see on a Tuesday, did we go with the trend of the sat coach, the sat team with the sat coach comes out and wins a game again? But then how happy are some of the Freo players about the agenda? And we've already know that the Hills, Langdons, mm-hmm. uh, Brayshaw, a few others, that they all want out of, of Freo. So, but then you've got something to play for, I reckon. It's that recency bias of one one more good game to finish up the season to make sure that my trade stock's pretty good so something gets some value for me. 
not you don't want to be that bloke that gave up in the last round and get stuck getting shipped off to Gold Coast or something. I've been burnt so many times by these two teams in GWS this year that I'm yeah. I'm so scared of tipping either either one. And knowing I know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna be level level going into the last game. Yeah. And whichever one I tip, the blokes who are level with me is gonna tip the opposite. Yeah. And the team is gonna let me down. All week I've been thinking Port Adelaide, but now after today I kinda of think Fremantle. I think the coach bounce back might be the kicker. Would it be four from four, though, this year? That's the thing. They're all independent variables, mate, in terms of they are all as as likely or as unlikely as each other. They are not uh, codependent probabilities, so... I've got no idea. If I I tip Brisbane, I've got to tip Port. If I tip Richmond, I've got to tip Fremantle. Yeah. That's where it's at. So I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm probably leaning towards Freo, but I'm worried because they just butcher the footy so much. But then, yeah, like who from Port stands up and wins games? Like, I, I literally don't know what to do. And uh, can I tip a draw? Well, you can. We haven't a, had a draw this year, this year. That's a brave move. We haven't had a that's draw a yet this year. That's a ludicrous move. That's, that's the move of a very tired and frazzled tipster. <laughs> I'll just tip the draw and be done with it. Because we haven't had one this year, and stats you know say that there's one a year minimum. On average, there's yes. one a year. Yeah. But that's but because be the... that's because this year we've had six. Yeah. And at least we've had none. That's how averages work. Okay. So it's not like that. Okay, sorry, mate. I think the mode, the most frequent number of draws per season, is yeah. zero. Okay. So I wouldn't be tipping a draw. All right, no worries. Yeah, it'd be a shadowing way to lose a tipping competition. Probably going to go to Port. All right. Or, or for... <laughs> I might go Port. I might go Fremantle, actually. <laughs> Moving on to our short things to round out the last of the home away games. Saturday, two ten, North Melbourne, dollar twenty five favourites. Melbourne, three dollar eighty five outsiders at Bloodstone Arena. The line here is four goals. Will this be easier or harder for North to beat Melbourne as it was to beat Port Adelaide? Who <laughs> would have thought round one this year you'd be saying round 23 North play Melbourne and North are going to go into 20 favourites and probably win by 10 goals yeah Melbourne though do have you know it's Jordan Lewis's last game yeah but do they like him that much I don't know I think they do but I don't think it's an help like watching Melbourne players abuse each other when a bloke hits tit inside 30 and the fourth 50 because he didn't give a handball to a certain player who's meant to be the best I remember I remember for two years AFL people, people in the AFL media, especially Melbourne greats, yeah, uh, Swartz, Lyon, uh, to, to name a couple, said he would be the best player in the comp, and is the best player in the comp. Yes. In uh, Oliver. Yes. Clayton Oliver. They're kidding themselves. No, he's he's a poor man's Tom Mitchell. He's not even no. He's not even like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I mean it's not his fault that these blokes are pumped him up. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, I think a lot of Melbourne's list has been overrated because they just had a good, tw- had a good season. Yeah, and now they've fallen away, and there's been lots of issues. But we're talking too much about Melbourne, and it annoys me because we should probably should talk about more about North Melbourne, how good they were last week. But well, they didn't play anyone, so. But Melbourne last week looked the last two weeks. To be fair, even the last three weeks, they've looked like just interested. Just let's be the season be over. Yeah. Uh, Gorn is is or he saw he might play, he might not. Don't know. They reckon he might. Uh, I just can't see how Melbourne off. Melbourne turn this around and, and win. And if they do, then good luck to them, but I'm tipping north. Absolutely. Last one before we move on. Uh, 
if Ben Brown kicks another bag to yep. win the common, is he an All Australian full forward? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he started the year pretty poorly, but once he has a foil for him and they open it up, open it up for him so he can run a bit like Mason Cox. And he's mm. able to run and jump at the ball. Uh, he's not one that's in a body of player. I think once they kind of fix that up a bit, he's able to kick more goals. And obviously, you know, kicking ten last week against Cones and um, yeah, getting getting a cheeky few against the Suns and yeah. all that kind of stuff. For mine. Everyone buys into the stats of it for all Australian selection, and for mine, all Australian should be the like it should be the the playground rule. If I've got you know four full forwards against the fence, who am I picking first? That's who gets all Australian based on this year's results. Right. And I'm not picking Ben Brown over even a Jeremy Cameron. No, Tomahawk. You know, I think yeah, someone like that. It's pretty, pretty. Tom pretty Lynch even. Year. Tom Lynch. Yeah, he, he was injured, but he played the majority of the season. When he came back healthy. Richard started winning again. Yeah. So there are better full forwards in the competition than Ben better Brown. Fi- but 50, 60 goals as well. Yeah, yeah, who are only a couple of goals behind and yeah. played less games. So well done on kicking bags, because I'm not doing it, obviously, but he wouldn't make my selection. However, they will win on the weekend, so uh, there you go. I was going to ship you off to Tasmania a couple of years ago, so egg on my face, I suppose. Saturday, 4.35, Geelong are a sixteen favourites against Carlton, who are $5 outsiders at Cadinia Park. The line here is... Five goals, the over-under, 158. This is the first time that Carlton have been rank outsiders in the Teague train era. They're going to catch the V-line to uh, Cadinia Park on the weekend. We'll be catching the Teague train home. I actually think that this is this is my, other than Brisbane, this is my second actual game that I thought they'd been upset. You really don't rate along that much, do you? Carlton have been playing some good football, got some good midfielders. If they've got, if they've got a, a, a relatively full list going into this game... Then I reckon Carlton are a dead set, real good chance, and they've pretty much got a full. I mean, I know they're missing a few players, but there's pretty much Brisbane who are on top of the ladder, beat along by a point. Yep. And you reckon that Carlton are going to go to the Cattery and do a number on a top four side? Not do a number, but I reckon it could be a close game. Doing a number is just beating this top four side. I reckon in Carlton terms. I reckon they could beat them. I reckon you're drinking the Kool Aid. I seriously am considering Tim and Carlton. I probably won't because I'll probably end up Tim in Brisbane and maybe Fremantle or Port. So you can't I, go crazy. I can't go crazy. But I am dead set. Gonna, I, one of my best bets of the weekend is, is Carlton at the line because 31 points is freaking ridiculous Yeah. for the way they've been playing and how good they're going. And knowing the mentality behind the group, they want to finish the season at the bank. They want to make an impact on the finals. And I wouldn't... If they stay at that $5 mark and I have a decent... You know, morning at uh, on the pun or something, or have a good Friday night on the punt with the, with the pies. I'll be putting some money on Carlton to win, but my tip will be Geelong, and just pure on the fact that I can't risk too many upsets at this point of time. No, and it, it, Geelong Cadinia, like they win at Cadinia, like who they lose to at Cadinia, the Giants once. Like Carlton have a really good midfield; they run both ways. Geelong midfield doesn't. Yes. Uh do you trust Carlton, Carlton to make it count on the scoreboard? Yes. And kick true and kick straight? Aaron McCoy, McCovens, McGovern's been actually pretty good recently. Levi was really, really good down back last week. Um, he'll go to Hawkins. And they were playing against St Kilda. Yeah. That's not Geelong. They got within three goals or four goals of Richmond. They got in th- The week before that against West Coast got within three or four goals. Yeah. I rate them four or five goal better teams than Geelong. All right. 
I know I took a Dinia. And that's another reason why we tipped along. If it was at the MCG, I'd be probably all in on Carlton. Wow. I reckon Carlton could cause a big upset here. I can see them asking questions. I can't see them winning. I'd absolutely love it if they did. Because then the lid will be off. And as much as everyone wants, you know, Essen to win a final, perhaps, I think we're about to... I missed out on this era where Carlton were proper good. Like I, I remember Carlton being a funnel side. I remember Carlton beating us when they finished ninth at being Richmond. But I've never seen Carlton of the old days, like where the Carlton fans are out. Oh. And when I went and went to that Carlton St Kilda game last week on a Saturday, the Blue Baggers were up and about. They are they are ready to be those disgusting Blue Baggers that we love to hate on. I don't, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could live through. So I've, I've lived through Richmond. I lived through Essendon early in the two thousands. I don't know if I can handle Carlton. Well, I think, oh, I I think, know. I, but you know it's coming. I know it's it's scary because oh my god it's me bad, especially because I got a, a lot of people at the footy club are Carlton fans. Well, because there are a lot of them. Yeah, and and uh, you know one of our very good mates is yeah. a big Carlton fan. And it's just to be unbearable. Absolutely, but hopefully give it a shake. I'm going to tip uh, Geelong, but don't be surprised if the Blue Baggers get up. Interesting game this one in my opinion. Saturday, seven twenty-five, Gold Coast, ten dollars outsiders. They're basically already in Bali, apparently. The Giants, $1.04 favourites at Metricon Stadium. The line here, 26. The over-under, 160.5. Is this a banana peel game for the Giants? Will they just roll into this game with their Bondi billionaire arrogance and go, oh, we'll beat the Suns because everyone beats the Suns. And then they get found out. Egg on their face. Uh, no, they'll beat the Suns. Let's skip this game because it's pointless. All right, fair enough. Because uh, GWS are poor. They're not going to win a final. They're... Ordinary. They'll probably play Western Bulldogs first week, and uh, yeah, they should have enough to get. They should have enough to get beat Gold Coast. If they don't, then they should just not even. Bother. They should do. What, they should just get the next flight to Bali. Yeah, from the Gold Coast. Yeah, don't even bother to up finals. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jervis will win, and uh, Gold Coast. Good on your Stewie Drew. Keep fighting out, mate. Things will change. Yeah, love, love you, big man. <laughs> from one fridge to another. Yeah. Uh, and the last game for our home and away predictions this year, Western Bulldogs, $1.31 favourites. Adelaide, $3.35 outsiders at Mars Stadium. The line here is three goals. Now, everyone's telling me, this could be the upset. Adelaide fighting for finals. la di da da Hard colour facts, Baz. Adelaide are no good. They are slow. They are monotonous. They are boring. They, they don't know what they're doing. Their coach has lost the players. They've got a list that's all hickety-pickety. That was overrated three years ago. The Doggies are apparently the most dangerous team in the top eight now, according to John O'Brown. Surely they get the number done. They go on to Ballarat, where the Doggies dominate because it's a weird place to play footy. You don't yeah, know why they no. play AFL games there. They win. They make finals. None of the players want to play. Like, they all know they're up for trade, so why would you want to play? But anyway, uh, Doggies win. win. I think they win pretty comfortably. Uh, they're in some good form at the moment, the doggies. Adelaide have just disappeared off the face of the earth. No pressure last week. It was, it was. I couldn't. I watched the third quarter and went, "This is pointless in watching." Mm. I'd rather have a beer with my mate and concentrate on him than watch what Adelaide dishing up. And I'm a Collingwood fan. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I've been doing a bit of head wobbling tonight on the cricket pod and, uh, yeah, yeah. and and this one. But I just want to go back to probably around four or five last year on our podcast when I told you that Adelaide were no good, overrated. And they need a rebuild. And now it's come to fruition about uh, a year and a half later. So, again, I do... Is that because you were wrong for a year and a half? No, it's because people have started to realise where they're actually listers at. And they're able to hang on for a bit longer. They they didn't make finals last year, did they? No. So, 
you know, a team's gone from making the grand final to not making the finals to being a basket case or because uh, a bit like Fremantle, certain board members, past players like to get involved and like to look after their friends. And it, and shake the apple cart and... Yeah, yeah. and that, this is a perfect example where things go wrong. So Peter Bell would want to be very, very careful because, you know, getting your mate to come in and take over as football manager or whatever role he has and then take him on a pre-season camp that turns every player against the football club is uh, probably something that, you know, you need to be careful about. You want to be careful about Gonna do some, you're going to do some freaky shit in a pre-season. Yep. You want to make sure it has a positive effect. Right. Let's double your money and make a stack. I'm on to the next one. 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 Hold up. Hey. Somebody bring me back some money, please. Last time is home away season. It is everyone's favorite segment. Money-making time. Our feature bets for round 23. I'm going to lead off with my best bet, which will be Collingwood to cover the 18.5 line against the Bombers and prove to everyone that Collingwood are still a decent side and the Bombers are a little bit overrated. Uh, that was $1.90. I'm going for Carlton to cover the line of plus 30.5. $1.90. There you go. That's your best bet for the week. That's my best bet. You are. Have you gonna, are you going to go out and buy a Carlton membership next year, mate? No, I'm not, because I'm going to hate the fact that they're winning games. Any value coming in your way as well then, mate? Uh, yes, I am actually going... I've got two sort of value, rough rough sort of stuff. I'm still, I'm still undecided if I'm going to tip Fremantle or Port. But if I do tip Port, I'm still going to do this. Fremantle at $3 just seems too good to be true. Yep. Uh, and Melbourne, total match points, 61 to 75 points, because... They're struggling to score at the moment. Uh, they don't have a really a forward line. They're going to have more smalls this week. And uh, my roughie for the week, in a week of fairy tales, retirements and goodbyes, one of my favourite players, actually, old Daisy Thomas, will be playing his last game, apparently. I have a sneaky feeling this could be one of those pseudo-retirements where he could be poached to go play somewhere else. I, I reckon he'll end up at uh, Gold Coast or somewhere else uh, with a, a, li- a young list that needs help yeah. maturing a bit. A bit like a you know like what Jordan Lewis has done, Luke mm. Hodges done. I can see him going somewhere for sure. Yes, but uh, in his last game, uh, you can find him to have twenty disposals and six marks. That's paying four dollars twenty-five. And if you look at his stats for this year, he averages twenty disposals and six marks. So he just needs to be average against the Cats for us to get a nice little collect to round out the home away season and get ourselves fully prepared for finals and the awards season. So. If you have any hot takes, any All-Australian selections, anything we've missed, any massive collects or disappointing losses, hit us up at our, at our Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter. That's SC underscore mag underscore Oz or Sporting Chance magazine. And if you want to talk about footy with us face-to-face, head on down to the Yorkshire Hotel and we'll share a couple of schoons with you. Good luck for the weekend, Baz. And uh, good luck with the team. Come on!